Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another week of Beyond the Negotiation on Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sam Tiger, and I'm joined with my co-host Higgins Success. We're back this week, and we're joined with a special guest this week. He is the owner of XPE Sports, Boca Raton, and he is a sports performance trainer, Andrew Spurl. Andrew has trained over 150 NFL players and also trains various other athletes at the professional collegiate and amateur level. Um, We're super excited to have him here with us this week. Andrew, thank you for coming on today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Higgins, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Sam? Did you Um, go on your trip? No, I did not go on a trip. Um, The game was canceled probably that Wednesday evening. Um, Mm. Something was going on with... um, with the other teams within was it COVID? Team. I'm gonna assume it was. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, just inconvenience pretty much. They'll have to cancel all travel plans because the entire family was going to that game. So oh, um, the girls were all excited. They was thinking about, you know, who wants the window seat and who wants the aisle seat. So I had to be the one to bring them the bad news. So story of our lives. <laughs> Right. Hopefully we can another day in the life of being an agent. Yeah, definitely. Um, Drew, thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's get into it. Recruiting is huge for us as agents, obviously, as we've talked about in various shows. But actually, this is kind of a combined question between Higgins and I, because I was talking to my intern last night and I was like, what kind of question should we ask? Because I had a lot in my mind, but we narrowed it down to we're interested to find out how sports performance trainers recruit clients or, you know, cause obviously it's going to look different for different facilities. Um, so do you recruit if you do how, um, in particular, let's say combine prep. And if you don't recruit, if you're at that level where you're not necessarily recruiting, um, you've developed those relationships. How do you decide who to accept versus who not to accept to your program. Yeah, uh, a lot of facilities are different. I mean, some some facilities just like blast out uh, social media, emails, um, texts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you guys know. Some, <laughs> some are way more pushy than others. Um, I feel like with as far as... I've been with XPE and Tony Vellani. I think mm-hmm. we've pro- he's probably been less pushy than most, I would say. Um, he, we weren't big in the recruiting for a long time, but I think it came to a point to where you almost had to kind of step it up in your social media game and your agent game, staying on top of, hey, who, you know, who do you think you're going to sign? Mm-hmm. Come here. Like, what's the plan? Um, so as far as how you do it, I think, I think social media is like a big thing now with the players. Cause you know, we'll get guys that follow our account during the season. So when they follow you, you're like, all right, maybe he's interested. Same um, with us. <laughs> and they, they, they may send you a DM. The best is, is, uh, 
<laughs> in 2010, Eric Berry actually sent Tony a Facebook message. <laughs> I love it. He's like, there's no way this is the real Eric Berry. <laughs> Eric was the best player in college that year. Right. He's like, there's no way Eric Berry sent me a Facebook message. No way. And it was him. It was him. And that's how he got in contact with Tony. That's amazing. Um, so it happens different sometimes. So I think, um, you know, just staying in touch with the agents. I think, I think XPE's gotten to a point to where we've got enough relationships with good agents that we know if, if certain guys sign players that mm -hmm. we're going to get those guys. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think we have to really be super, super annoying is like telling people, Hey, we're doing combine this year. Just so you know, you know, keep us in mind, like enough agents know if, if they're going to sign a guy, they're, they're going to send them to us, especially mm -hmm. for certain positions. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's different for, for all facilities. I think for us, it's mostly agent relationships that we've mm -hmm. pretty much it's come down to for us. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March madness is here. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And it's a two-way streak. I'm sure Higgins can touch on this as well, but for me at least, I like to have relationships with trainers and those are that's kind of it for me I don't because because this business is it's dirty we know that and sometimes it's one of those situations where I've seen it in younger agents people that aren't necessarily as experienced or understanding how it goes um player goes out to a facility and agent pays for it and agent loses client at facility you know yeah. poof there you go and it's one of those things where you know you got to kind of understand that and develop those relationships, but also on the flip side too, I think it's really important from like a trainer agent relationship to be able to have to have those hard conversations sometimes, you know, cause you guys are with them literally every single day, more than us. We're not, um, you know, we'll come maybe check in if, if we're local, that's great. You know, if most we're Higgins and I are blessed that we're in Florida, but last year we had players out in Colorado and we, we didn't make it out there. I mean, we were going to try, but we didn't. So I think it's huge kind of both ways. Yeah, most I, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, most um, definitely. Yeah, that, the, and the whole agent, like, poaching guys from facilities is so crazy to me. Like, you know, we had a, we had a young agent <clears throat> new to the game send us a really good player one year. No clue how he signed this guy. Don't want to know. Um, <laughs> and... You know, there was a big I time. Do. <laughs> I've heard some, I don't want to, I don't know. No, but, we, we don't, we don't throw people under the bus. <laughs> but there was another, there was a big time agent at the facility the same day he was there dropping off his guy. And this kid was freaking out, freaking out. Like Tony had to talk him off the ledge. He's like, listen, he's not going to take your guy. Relax. He's just dropping his guy off. He's like, dude, how often does he come around here? You got to tell me. He's like, he never comes around here. It's like he's dropping his dude off and we'll probably never see him again. Like calm yeah. down. Dude was fretting. It was it was kind of funny. But yeah, it's real. Stuff it happens, is. And unfortunately. And it's one of those things that I see it a lot. And it and it's it's unfortunate because it's one of those is like, that probably isn't gonna end well, you know, like 
but and it's bad for the trainers too. Like, cause then agents are like, Oh, if I send them there is what's his mm-hmm. name going to come by again. Yeah. The stigma kind out. of around it. Luckily, I don't think to my knowledge, I don't think we've ever really had that happen or at least I don't think, I don't that feel that way personally. So, so yeah, luckily, um, I don't, you know, I don't think that stigma's really ever happened around us, but it definitely is a thing, unfortunately. Relationships. Mm-hmm. We always touch on it in, on our show. Huge, huge, huge. And it's a huge part of this business in general. Yep. Higgins. Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, like Sam was saying earlier, you know, with trainers and all, you guys spend a lot of time with these athletes, you know, so you're looking at an eight to 10 week of combine prep or pro day prep type of program. So I wanted to know, you know, um, has there ever been a time where, you know, you guys had to say, you know what, this is just not working with this guy, you know, maybe you're three weeks in and, you know, the guy's not holding up his end of the bargain. Cause I know for us as agents, you know, it's a mutual relationship, you know, it's a mutual partnership with our players and they know that, you know, if things are not working for us or to our expectations, we can terminate that SRA as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I want to know, have you guys ever had, you know, a situation where you had to do something like that? There, there's been times where we should have, but we've always given them the, the chance to just finish it out the way they wanted to. I don't think we've ever, I don't think to my knowledge, we've, we've ever kicked a guy out and told him not to come back. There's been times where we finished with a guy, got the combine over with, got the pro day over with and told him and his agent like this. Like, it's not working out. It's not working out for off season training. Don't come back like this. You're just not a good fit here. Um, that's happened, but as far as like literally kicking the guy out during training, it, it's not happened, but we've had guys that like, don't show up, mm-hmm. uh, show up 40 minutes late every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys that are, you know, jerks, but we just let them kind of do it their way. And we, in that we let the agent know like, Hey, just so you know, this guy does not show up on this day. He doesn't do this. He doesn't eat his food. Mm-hmm. Um, he's late for his appointments and typically the agent will know like, yeah, we've, we've kind of realized he's kind of that way. We're just trying to get through it the way you are, you know, whatever happens, happens, just, you know, just try to stick through it with us. And that usually we let them just stick through it. And typically the performance won't be very good, but as long as everyone involved knows that the player wasn't given it what he was supposed to, then nobody's mad at each other. Like it was just, everyone kind of knows it was the guy's fault. So you, without saying stories or names or anything, so you would say mainly it's uh, being late, missing sessions, being hungover, things of that nature. Cause I mean, we know what we're dealing with. We know it's in South Florida. I mean, that's one of the things we actually touched on. Um, I represent Lucky Whitehead and he actually, um, trained up in Ohio because it was one of those situations where uh, he wanted to get out of the South Florida scene. Now that's different. Most players don't necessarily play at Miami or FAU um, or FIU, whatever you want to say. And they want to come down here. So it's mainly those kinds of trends. If, if you had to kind of say without saying. 
Yeah, we've actually been pretty lucky with guys not getting too caught up in the South Florida life. Because in Boca, we're still like over an hour away from Yeah, it's a haul. Which is close enough to go like if you really want to. And I know a lot of guys do maybe like once or twice. But we've never really had a guy that's just like, addicted to south beach every weekend <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like too far um, yeah it, it's just but we've we've had guys that just like we had a guy that should have been the, the first corner off the board a couple years ago and he wasn't still went first round um late first round should have had a hell of a workout didn't improve his 40 at all ran a four five the day he got here which typically means if you run a four or five, like the week you show up, you should be close to a four, three. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Indy and still ran a four or five because he just showed up like, mm, probably showed up twice a week. And those two times you showed up, he would be about 40 minutes late. So he was mm-hmm. one of those guys where you're just like, hey, when you show up, go ahead and jump in. Mm-hmm. You missed the warm up. If you get hurt, don't blame us. But he was like didn't really take it to heart. He was just like, oh, all right, well, here I am. I'm going to do this. Whatever's left of the workout, I'm just going to finish it and then go home. And then the other days he just wouldn't show up. And I mean, super talented player, um, but didn't help himself at all. Yeah. And I mean, not to assume anything, but those patterns move on into the league. I mean, it's not like oh, you get your right. contract. Cause I mean, let's not, play games here we know how it goes he knew going into this he's a projected first round draft pick you know that it's not like oh surprise hello it's it's clear we know that agents know that people know that so you know those patterns move on and it's tough it really is and on both sides of the spectrum you know like I said you guys work with them almost closer than we do most of the time like face to face it it can be frustrating and it can be tough because someday something might happen where it's like it's going to catch up to you well usually it does like i've I've always noticed that guys like that typically don't change like you said Mm -hmm. and it eventually catches up to them in the nfl even worse um i've hardly ever had guys like that just completely turn it around Mm -hmm. it almost always just follows them along even in the league and by the time they realize it, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. That's right. usually what happens. Right. Too late by the time they realize it. And I, I mean, like I said, you know, like guys that have real problems um, being on time and working out and doing the things they're supposed to do, guys slip up every now and then, not a big deal. But guys who you know have real problems are usually you know, out of the league pretty quick. It's hard for just completely turn around one day. Yeah. You see it and you're not surprised and, and it's tough. And from, from our standpoint too, just to kind of add to that from an agent, we can only do so much. Same with you guys. Like we cannot go there to their house, to their apartment, to their condo, knock on the door and say, hello, you know, like it's different from college, like college. I mean, it's, it's a total different game like in college I mean you have the GAs going around is everybody in bed you know is everyone here literally I mean I have friends that have played in other GAs and literally they do that and I mean 
then all of a sudden you make this switch and one day you're an amateur. Now you're going to be a pro and we don't have that knock on the door. And a lot of people and players don't like to hear like, Hey, you need to change. Cause they're like, well, I've been doing it. I've got this far from doing what I've done. So yeah, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Typically you don't just change one day and the NFL doesn't wait for you very long either. That's the other problem. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite scouts says it's a NFL is a not for long. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But anyways, let's move into our next question. We talk a lot on the show about industry misconceptions, things that people assume us as agents can do or we don't do that it's like Jerry Maguire or ballers or all of these things um so we talk about it and it's been a common theme do you feel like there are any major misconceptions that you come across whether it's from players or their parents or even agents um there or anyone in the players inner circle that you're like no, that's totally wrong. And it's a misconception. Yeah. there. I mean, one misconception that we get at every level from high school to college to pro is that we like, know. you know, for, so for a high school kid, you know, we'll get parents that ask, Hey, uh, do you know any college coaches that you can send my son's film to or a pro day guy, you know, has a long shot of making the NFL will ask, um, hey, you know, can you talk to a GM for me? Like, what? We can't. <laughs> Just go knock on the door. <laughs> First of all, the coaches and GMs do not want to hear from us. I can assure you that. Your, your agent is better off trying to talk to If those. they even want to hear from us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's still a long shot. But it's like, you know, high school kid who's not getting recruited. Hey, can you talk to a college? Do you have any connections at uh, FAU or like, dude, if FAU isn't looking at you and you go to a school right down the street, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I think they think that we're way more connected than we really are. And I'm not saying we're not to a certain extent, but like not that much. I agree with both of you. Like I definitely can see where Andrew's coming from. Obviously, you know, if a high school kids working out at the facility and they see former NFL guys or current NFL guys working out, Cause I know I've been over at XPE, um, Boca and I, you know, Anquan working out or other guys like that. So, you know, I, I can understand what it may think you have the, you're the plug, man. Um, and for us as agents, you know, again, it's just, we all would love to have our clients on rosters, right? That, that's how we get paid. You know, we don't get paid if a guy's on practice squad. We don't get paid if a guy's a free agent. So at the end of the day, you know, we want you to make it. So we're going to, about it, you don't have to tell us to call anyone, right? We're already doing we're that to done. begin with. Like, I don't need my player, you know, sending me a text message. Hey, man, did you call someone? Hey, hey, you should call so-and-so. Trust me, right? Because if you don't, if you're not on the team, I can't make no money, right? So at the end of the day, I'm doing it already. You know what I mean? I'm I'm emailing people or I'm, t- I'm calling or I'm talking, whatever it may be. So it's definitely one of those things, <laughs> misconception about yeah. the agent game. It's like, they don't understand how many kids are in the same position too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, there, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of guys that are like hoping for a workout. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking like 
it's a numbers game. There's just not enough room for everybody. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, throughout the uh, tournament this year, they're having that commercial. And I know they've done it before the NCAA has, but uh, they said the 2% of, you know, I think they use the, whatever their math is. I, I feel like with us, it's 1% or actually less than 1% of foot in football, but 2% of college athletes actually make it to the pro level. That's enough, like right there. I mean, what, it's hard to, you know, I don't want to crush someone's dream, but also it's important to understand everyone's place on, you know, your team and in your journey and what we can and can't do and also the expectations. So I do actually have another question to ask you, like in this misconception, have you ever had a situation where you've had maybe a player or an agent expect like crazy numbers out of you guys? Like, my guy comes in and runs like a four, eight, and we want to get him down to like a four, four, like that's probably not possible. If you're like a four, do you get that? Like craziness like every, that? Every year. Every year. Yeah. Cause to me, I, I would never even expect that. Cause that's crazy. You can expect like, a you know, if you're a four, eight, you know, hopefully get you a solid, like four, six range, maybe, but like, that's insanity to me. Or like, Oh, I'm gonna come in and out. Now I'm gonna be a four three. Like it's it's eight weeks max between when they come out of their all star or their their all star game or their um, mm-hmm. bowl game to you guys. So it's not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually gonna say something about it about guys the misconception about how fast guys are when they get here. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a common misconception amongst like the general public. Like, I don't think people realize, like if a, like if a guy ran, run a four or five at, at the combine, he was probably a four seven. And you're talking about some good players, you know, like I'll, I mean, I'll use Eric Berry again as an example, because, you know, it's been 11 years, but he ran a four, seven, eight when he came to us. And you would think like, how the hell is Eric Barrett on almost a four eight? Like there's no way, but you know, there's, there's reasons guys run slow. And it's not because necessarily they're slow. They just don't know how to run the 40 mm-hmm. straight up and started sprinting. So when you taught them how they run the 40 and you, you know, got him recovered and more explosive and stuff like that, he was able to get to like a four, four, three, I think four, four, seven. Wow. Um, now that's three ten, which is like way, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, high. that's a lot. That's a lot. But like I said, no one would have believed you that year. If you said Eric Berry almost ran a four, eight, his first day here. Um, a lot of guys will not believe you. The general public wouldn't believe you is what some of these guys run. And there's something to be said about like taking 0.18 off your 40. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> the amount of work it goes in just to do that. It's like absurd. Yeah. And it's like, And it's a short amount of time to do it as well. You know, first off, like, and I think for me, I was, I really worked with, like, had really good, a lot of my friends are trainers. So I talked to them about it a lot. It's just a lot about just like the technique. Really, that's pretty much a lot that goes into it. And it takes a lot of time to kind of 
switch your habits, you know, like if you've been running it that way or that's how you feel, you're not going to just automatically be told. And that's naturally what you're going to do. That's just what it is, you know? So it takes that time. And then when you think about the time, like I said, that they come to you guys and then we put them in front of the teams at pro day or the combine, which the combine's a lot sooner um, than the pro days, but it's, you're not working with a lot of time. No, not at all. I and mean, then you got to, you know, some of these guys are coming off a bowl game. They played like three days before. So you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to heal their injuries because mm-hmm. they're all hurt. As you guys know, no, no one's hundred percent healthy after the season. So you're trying to heal their injuries and make them faster and more explosive, like all at the same time. Like it's a lot of work. Um, so I think a big time misconception is how fast these guys can really run a 40 when they get here and how much time they really do take off. Uh, during that like eight to 10 week period or whatever. Um, so, but yeah, we've had guys like come down and run, you know, five threes, like O linemen or whatever, and ask if we can get them down to a four, eight. We're going to be happy. Hey, 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 man, I know Sam, Sam already knows this, but I've been working out. So I think I'm going to do he's like, gonna, a pro- he's going to run the 40. Eight. I'm going to do a pretty, you know, just I might invite a couple teams out. So I am going to run the 40. So once I get this weight off, I'm going to come to you and you're going to get my 40 down, man. Oh, yeah. Four, four. It don't matter where I'm starting from. You just have to get me to a four, four. Done. I'll have my thumb. My thumb will get me to a four, four. Right. I'm not not giving you a marketing guarantee. Listen, that's that's a good point because... That's been happening a lot this year with no combine. Those oh, magical. Yeah, man. I, I, it just I've happens to be track. the fastest class of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been keeping track of these uh, pro day results, man. And I'm looking at some of the numbers. I mean, linebackers running four threes and deep running four threes and four fours. Uh, so, I, I know Andrew could definitely get me to a four four. So, oh, yeah. After what I saw this year, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Still not giving you a marketing guarantee. Hey, I need that, man. I'm sorry. You got to let that stipend last. I need it. I might go top 100. Are you going to fire me? He's he's going to fire me. He's going to fire me. He's going to fire me. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm just going to come back to the table and ask for more money. But um, (laughs) so, you know, we, we talked about, you know, you having trained and having worked out, you know, over 150 NFL guys and also other you know, other sports and things like that. But specifically, I wanted to know, have there been a time where, you know, you had a guy come in and after his combine workouts or maybe after the pro day where you sat there and you was actually like your proudest moment? I'm pretty sure you're proud of all your guys. You're proud of, you know, the work that they've put in. But can you remember a specific time or a guy that made you really like, man, this kid had a great pro day considering where they came in like did they overachieve or like just exceeded all your expectations as a trainer we we i mean we um we get we do get a lot of good results um you know for whatever reason it may be but i'll tell you the best pro day i ever saw was moritz boringer you remember that german guy that worked out at fau that was like two years ago. Yeah, I was going to say like two, three like years ago. Three years ago. Right, right? two, three years so, ago. So the NFL was 
they're still doing it, but they were heavy into it a couple of years ago. They were trying to get these European guys into the league. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they would designate like one practice squad a spot. They still for, do. Yeah. Still do. Yeah. They're still mm-hmm. doing it. Back then it was like they would pick a division and that division was the year that they got a European player. So um, Mo came to us. We were, we were getting the NFL Europe guys that year because OCU Menorah had trained with Tony when he played and OC was the head of the NFL UK. So OC said, look, if we're going to do this, these guys have to go train at XPE. That's where I trained my whole career. So the NFL said, all right, done. So we got the whole crop that year. (laughs) Came in off his flight from Germany. And they're like, hey, I I tested him because Tony was busy doing some other stuff. I'm like, all right, I got it. We did his vertical broad jump and his 40. This dude came in off the flight, all of 6'6", 230, uh, ran like a 4'4", Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vertical jumped like a 38 and broad jumped damn near 11 feet. I'm about to start uh, looking at flights to Germany for recruiting. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he had this like shitty game film from some bush league over in germany where he was just dominating people just running past them we're like eh, it's i mean it looks good but it's a crappy league or whatever i timed this dude and did his measurables oh my god i'm looking at tony like what the hell just walked through our doors i've never seen a pre pre measurements like this and he's huge he's 6'6 230 so we get him in the fau's pro day which was in like four weeks so we didn't have much time goes to fau's pro day and runs like a four three eight on some watches, jumps mm. like forty one inches, and broad jumps damn near eleven feet, mm. and uh, and the tweets start to come out like word out of FAU, some German dudes <laughs> blowing <laughs> things up. <laughs> what are in those pretzels? <laughs> like, let's go. Like, Kefter gets a hold of it. Rappaport gets a hold of it. They all start just blowing this up. Mike Mayock starts talking about him. They're like, who is this kid? And uh, he ends up getting drafted sixth round to the Vikings. That's amazing. How do you get drafted? Like there's guys who played major division one football, good players that don't get drafted. And he was the first non NCAA player outside of America or whatever to ever get drafted. Yeah, ESPN ended up coming down, um, doing a story on him. Uh, like everyone was just flocking to us. It was hilarious. Like, who is this kid? <laughs> Uh, that that's definitely impressive, man. Like like you said, even the pre even the pre workout, the pre measurements, right. would have been perfectly fine. Right, he would have been fine with that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Nature, and I'm talking off the flight. He comes in and does that. Yeah, so he's like, <laughs> what is it called? What is it called? Um, when you're uh, not, what is it when you he's when you get in a different time zone? Jet lag. You're jet lag. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, Higgins, we got We got to switch up our recruiting plans. No, we got. We got to do something different. <laughs> Go to Europe. But anyways, that's a great story, and I, I love that. That was super unique, and we didn't expect that. So shout out to that. That's that's amazing. And 
I will say one thing about the draft process. I was speaking to my mentor a couple years ago um, and she said to me, she was like, if they like him, they'll draft him. And literally it's as simple as that. And I was like, but what about this, 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 and this, and you know, all the, uh, you know, the film and college and this and this. She, she said, if they really like him, they will draft him, period. And I was like, okay, mic drop, you know? So I guess that really rings true to this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, the Vikings did do a lot of um, intel on him. They were one of the big teams that we, we knew was in on him, but we were like, a lot of teams say they're in on you. Uh, you guys know that. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the ones that say they're in on you the most don't even take you. But yep. And it ended up happening. Like it was, it was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't think he realized what was going on. <laughs> no, he probably didn't. <laughs> or the extent of what actually happened. Yeah, he had no clue like what was even going on in his life. Like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, got drafted sweet yeah he didn't he didn't get it (laughs) that's awesome i love that wow that that is an awesome story that is love it definitely so we talk about we have a lot of listeners at a lot of different kind of industries not all agent but a lot of people that just love sports biz so what suggestions do you have for any young trainer looking to get started or like we say get your foot in the door of a very highly competitive um industry i know it's so competitive we know we know that as agents i mean trust me we get it a lot but what's your advice to somebody looking to get their foot in the door yeah i mean the first thing is obviously like you gotta get get educated get your education and and from there you know just like do internship but even before your, your school's internship, I always tell people like, find a trainer or a company that's close to you that you think you would have an, like, an interest in and start like to volunteer your time. Yes, I see early. that too. Because mm-hmm. I remember I've, I was doing work with Tony before my internship at FAU and just like showing up, watching him, I mean, some days they didn't need me. I would just work out with the guys, the pro guys sometimes just to learn. And a lot of people just wait till their internship and then they think, all right, I'm going to do an internship and then that company is going to give me a job and we're good. And Mm -mm, it's it's not mm -mm. realistic. Um, So I I would say first start getting experience ASAP because then you might even realize like, hey, maybe this isn't really what I want to do. So then you've got time to kind of, figure change your path or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then you know if it is something you want to do and you do your internship and i would as for trainers i would say you know start training people no matter who they are they don't have to be pros like not everyone's going to train pros and it's not even all what you think it is anyway it's like a three-month business anyways for nfl guys like March, April, then they're usually gone. Then they come back like half of June and July. <clears throat> so for me, especially, like I've found a really good um, success in training high school kids. And that's honestly my number one thing I do year round. I, I, you know, I train like over 200 kids a year. I've got, I've, I train a lot of girls, which has been 
awesome like the last three years. I got Let's tons go. of soccer. Yeah, I got tons of soccer and lacrosse girls that play college and, and competitive high school. And then if you start to train kids and find your way into training even some better college athletes, like the other stuff I think always just falls into place, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say for young trainers, just get your education, volunteer your time to a place you think you might like, get your internship and, you know, just start training people, no matter who they are, adults, kids um, of all ages. And then, you know, eventually if, if the pro thing happens, it happens. If not, it's not a big deal. Like the combine business is so small and there's not a lot of companies that really do major combine anyways. Um, but you know, if it's going to happen someday it might happen. If not, I, I don't just, you know, don't get discouraged over it. Like I said, my main business is high school kids and I love it. You know, the pros come and go, the combine guys come and go, but it's, it's just a small, small, unique thing. It, it, people shouldn't like lose their mind over. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's very glorified though. I will say it's one of those things that people look at it and they're like, oh, you know, but it is, it's very short. It's a short time span. And we've addressed this multiple times, but another question on that, what education um, do you feel like is necessary or, I mean, I don't know for us, you know, we have to pass our exam. We have to have multiple degrees. What's the education requirements? Yeah. The problem with the training industry is that anyone can be a trainer, literally. Like you really, all you need is like a personal training certification and you can train people. If you're a good salesman, you can get clients, mm-hmm. you're a crappy trainer. But if you, if you talk a good talk, <clears throat> you can build a business. But realistically, you know, an exercise science, kinesiology, bachelor's degree is typically like the minimum for someone who really wants to train elite athletes. Like, I don't know a lot of guys around the country that train elite athletes that don't at least have that. Um, You know, the master's degrees are starting to be bigger now. Um, But really that bachelor's degree and the strength and conditioning certification are good places to start. (laughs) And then, you know, from there, you kind of maybe do what, what needs to be required for maybe a company you're applying for, or uh, something like that, but definitely the bachelor's and the, the CSCS, which is the strength and conditioning certification are, are definitely big in the sports performance industry. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. I say it a lot too. And people ask, you know, well, how do I get in this business? What do I do? How did you get to where you're at? And I mean, I did a lot of internships. I did a lot of things. I started out in college football and then shifted into this space, but I always say you have to have something to bring to the table. You know, you can't just come to me and say, I have this degree. I have this certification. Okay, great. Awesome. You know, but like, what have you done? And I think another, maybe we can say misconception is people think that they can just get jobs from that in the industry. Maybe other industries, maybe you can, I don't know. I wouldn't know, but in this industry, at least for us, and it sounds like same with you guys, that you just can't walk in somewhere and say, here you go. You know, I just, I have this, this, and this, I'm ready to go. No, what have you done? And even if you haven't necessarily worked with pro athletes, you know, you've trained 
or you volunteered or you've worked. And also in the agent space too, I say this to all, I get a lot of young people coming. I want to be an agent. I want to be an agent. And I said, I don't care if you intern, but ask to be around an agent for like three or four days, but not during a fun time. What does that mean? Not during the Super Bowl, not during the combine, like during a normal time. And you see what we do day to day. It's not this like standing on the sidelines, taking pictures. Yes, we do that, but that's a percentage of the time. And yes, I'm guilty too. My Instagram looks like this reel of like all this fun stuff, but on the flip side, not saying I don't love what I do, but this is not everybody's cup of tea, you know, where we're working every single day. We're available um, at all times of the day for the most part. I mean, my guys for the most, and Higgins, I know you're um, adding to this. Uh, they know don't call Sam after like 11 because she's sleeping. But I know first thing in the morning, I'm going to respond to that. It's not, okay, office hours, you know, or clock in, clock out. That's not this type of job. And I know it's the same thing with you. You know, you guys are working late hours. You're working early. So it's important before you invest this time, whether to get the certifications or whatever you need to realize that this is for you or it's not for you. Yeah, I think our industries are similar in the fact that there aren't a lot of employees at every agency. <clears throat> and the same with the training companies is like, we don't have a huge staff. Like we're not just hiring trainers to put you on salary. You almost have to build like your own brand. Yes, you, we all are. A, we're a brand. I said this the last show. I'm a brand. Higgins, you're a brand, you know, and, and that's just what we are. Yeah. And that and Tony told me when I first started at XBE, he said, look, if, if you're going to be a part of this company, like you should probably start training kids and like adults. And then when Combine comes around, you can help me with that. If I got pros in town, you can help me with those guys. But if you want to make this a full time thing. I don't make enough money just to put you on salary all year. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right. <clears throat> I think it's probably similar with you guys. Like you don't put someone on salary just to follow you around all the time and be your assistant. Like no. eventually that person needs to make money, almost like build their own clientele or some sort of, some sort of income to where they're like, you know, supporting themselves. So they don't have to rely on the agency signing guys and then you can just kind of work like you, you got to like almost start like your own mini business. Mm -hmm. You Yeah. And then I, it's, it's a huge misconception with us that, you know, we get paid. I've had people ask me if Roger Goodell cuts me a check and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish no, 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 no. But you know, <laughs> if we're not making money, then we don't have money coming into the agency. And also, you know, you can look at the big agencies, the huge ones. Yes, they can put people on salary, but I mean, even just not to go too deep into it, but with the pandemic, I know a lot of these larger agencies had to lay off a lot of people because we didn't know it was uncertain. Sports aren't playing. You don't have that money coming in. So the sports industry as a whole, is a commission-based business. A lot of times, at least for us in the agency space, it's commission-based. Um, our guys, we make money when our guys make money, whether it's marketing and or um, in the, you know, agency space where we're working with the unions. 
So it's kind of the same thing. So bring something to the table, people. Don't just come to us with, not trying to sound rude, but, and it's also important for your own time, you know, cause it's, it's not, it's not ballers. <laughs> no, it's not, <laughs> you know, I've, I've known agents that were assistants for other guys and eventually those guys end up breaking off and doing their own thing or, mm-hmm. or kind of how you, you do it. And that's what I've pretty much done is I've, I run my own XP now. Um, we got the Fort Lauderdale and I'm in Boca. So that's kind of what I did. You know, I had to figure out how to make Andrew XPE a thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't rely on the company of XPE, which at the time was literally just one guy put me on like a 60,000 a year salary for what? Like he's, he's the reason guys are coming to train. He's not going to just give me part of that because I want to be his assistant. Mm-hmm. Like I had to come up with a way to make myself relevant, I guess you could say. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and that's the thing I think too, that's important to note that there's no like book on like how to do this. I don't know. And I mean, my sister's a physician assistant, you know, she went through her schooling and the process of her getting a job was pretty smooth. You know, she got a job at a hospital moving on. It's not like that with us. There's no normal way to go about it at least for us as agents and once again it kind of sounds like it aligns with you guys as well it's kind of like bring something to the table get experience make sure you want to be here build some sort of clientele make sure you're making some money and then you'll be in that space maybe maybe not I don't know hope for the best yeah yeah there's there's no like like official ladder to climb no Right. No. <laughs> it would be nice, right. but no. So we uh we definitely appreciate you for for coming out, man. I know one of the things that um Sam and I like to do with our guests, we like to give you guys an opportunity to you know shout out your social media, let our let our listeners know you know where they can follow you. I'll follow you on Twitter, you know, uh, your Twitter, man. Yeah, I need to I need to calm down on there. No, I mean I love it, man. I, I, that's your personality. I mean, I, I give you a hard time about your chief sometimes, you know. Uh, yeah. Also, your oh Kansas man, Jayhawk. your chiefs. Uh, I'm I I am like a Bills person, so I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, Sam's a Bill fan. A Bills. Yeah, that's that's going to be a matchup we see for a while, I think. And, so. and you you're with Kansas City. You also you know with Bill Self, man. You've been giving you've been giving Self a hard time, man. Oh, well, you know, he needs to recruit some dogs. <laughs> and like when I see this theory, pumped out by 40 in March. Uh, that's not acceptable. So, so keep the Twitter going, man. <laughs> I definitely enjoy going on your page. And, you know, I'm either going to get a laugh or I'm going to be like, you know what? Andrew, keeping it real, man. I like it. So let the listeners know where they can find you and follow you. Yeah. So my, my Twitter and Instagram is both um, Andrew underscore XP. Yeah. My, my Twitter is me just talking crap trying to be funny, the smart ass. Um, my Instagram is more of my business stuff. <laughs> so you can kind of find two different things on those, but yeah, you can follow along. I'll follow back. So it's all good. <laughs> so, you know, everyone make sure you catch us each and every Friday morning on your favorite podcast platform. Again, shout out to Damon and NFL draft diamonds. 
I know they're doing a great job of posting and reposting a lot of the pro day results. So yeah, we're a month out from the draft. Right, it's a month from the draft, man. So you know, those of you that's keeping up with different results and things like that, definitely go to Draft Diamonds. Check those out. And we'll keep you posted on Higgins Pro Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew's gonna help me run a four four. We're definitely tweeting that. Uh, oh, for man. sure, man. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And as always, help me help you. Show me the money. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube